0: Welcome back, all of you nerds and geeks out there in the interwebs land. This is your host, Rob, from Alter Universe, of the podcast. And today we're gonna do another round table. And because I say so, it's gonna be about absolutely random crap, because that's how it goes. Let's do this.
1: Alrighty, ready to go.
0: Alright guys, welcome back. And from that voice you hear, that's not the ghost of Christmas past, even though I'm Jewish. I just felt like that was a great intro. We got a special guest with us today. It's Paul from Superheroes Cool. So say hello to the world as you just did.
1: <laughs> hey everyone, how's it going? It's Paul Cascale.
0: Alright, so uh, as I always do for newbies that come on to the show, I like to give uh, them a chance to kind of... Uh, uh, spread their, their word of nerd. Hey, that's a, that's a, I should, that should copyright that word of nerd. Um, so before I get too far off track now, I'm going to pass it on to you for a minute and, uh, kind of let the people out there know what you guys do on your end.
1: Oh, sure. Absolutely. Well, like I said, I'm Paul Cascale and I work with a nonprofit group called Superheroes Cool. Nice. As we were told by GoDaddy, we were the first organization, period, to buy a dot .cool extension.
0: <sighs> so, yeah. i am I going to ask about that? I was like, superheroes.cool, that must mean something.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, because everything that we are working on, everything we encourage these kids to do, everything that we thrive to do is always cool.
0: It's always cool. That, that should be your slogan. Everything is always cool, right?
1: Absolutely.
0: Uh, yeah. So what kind of stuff do you guys do as far as, you know, fandom, nerd, uh, geek and whatnot?
1: Sure. I mean, at the base of everything, we actually work with quite a few disadvantaged kids and teens. Oh,
0: wow. Okay.
1: It's why we're nonprofit. We work with kids on reading, writing, and how to work through real emotional times of their life by making a superhero and a villain and essentially the villain is causing the same problems of what it is that the kids feel like they're going through in their life right now
0: oh
1: wow okay and Then they get to make a hero who comes in to defeat the villain who is essentially defeating the problems that they have teaching other kids how to deal with those kind of problems.
0: That's really awesome, that's, that's really cool. I, I definitely love when, when you can take a fun pastime and use it for, no pun intended, for good, as they say in the movies. Um, but that's really cool, so, you, so is that kind of where you got the idea to do the podcast then, uh, with all this? Well, a lot
1: of what we were really doing was because I have worked in this industry for a little over two and a half decades.
0: Wow, okay.
1: I was a ghostwriter, and I handled test markets for TV shows, movies, and all kinds of Hollywood stuff nice. to, A, figure out which was the best script to go with, or B, when they have an almost ready-to-work-with script, but they got to figure out either how to fix it or who the audience is going to be so they can make it for that audience.
0: All right, well, then you definitely are the go-to nerd for this kind of stuff then, huh?
1: (laughs) Absolutely.
0: All right, well, this should be fun for sure. Um, And if you guys heard me from my intro, uh, we're just going to go over, as I like to call it, a hodgepodge of things because that's just a fun word to say these days (laughs) because nobody reads anymore. So I'm trying to get people to read, you know, (laughs) reading's fun, right?
1: (laughs) Yes, and we're doing a good job of fixing that little thing.
0: That's good. No, in all seriousness, seriousness, that's actually really good. I, me, I, being an English major myself, I literally found nothing to do with my degree, unfortunately, after college because at the time, no, there was nothing of value to do that would allow me to function but also do something at the same time. It was just, you know what I mean? It was one of those. Little um, niche areas that not a lot of people do anymore with the advent of things like TV and social media. <laughs> I
1: absolutely understand what you're talking about. <laughs> and uh, One day, if you want to set aside a show just for that, I will be glad to come on and tell you how we are going to be fixing that little problem.
0: Sounds like a plan. I think that might be a fun, a fun little show. Uh, I know my girlfriend would appreciate it. She is book obsessed. She literally will read God knows how many books in a week. So, you know, there is hope. There is hope out there. People, <laughs> let's do this.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: All right. So we're going to pop in, and uh, we're gonna. I'm going to call this kind of an old school one because we're going to go over some topics from things that at least I as a 90s kid grew up. Uh, are you a 90s kid? or a, a I'm an 80s kid. 80s kid. All right. So this actually might be even more fun because we can definitely get two different uh, – um, Visuals of what we remember uh, from these things, shall we say? Um, All right, so we're just going to hop in, and this is one that I've seen a lot of people talk about in other other podcasts, and I figured, what the hell, I'll I'll take a stab because it seems like a popular topic, and we're going to go over some really weird Easter eggs, shall we say, creepy from some famous video games. And you might be asking, what the hell does that do with being a nerd? (laughs) You know, I don't know. I just feel like it's going to be fun. So let's jump in, shall we? (laughs) Okay. Um, All right. So first up is a video game franchise that I don't know if it's still as popular as it used to be, but it's uh, Grand Theft Auto. Um, I don't know if you remember playing it. I think I played it for maybe a couple months and I think I just got bored. There's only so many times you can beat up somebody before you're just like, what the hell am I doing? Like, really this is the point of the game like stealing cars
1: <laughs>
0: and we wonder why there's issues right No, I'm just kidding Oh uh, yeah. so apparently yeah. in one of the versions there is a apparently there's a ghost that you can find on the mountainside because why not right so uh, actually we're gonna go over the first two because they kind of go together another the other video game that has a ghost in it is from the hitman series I know hitman more from the really bad Zachary Quinto movie <laughs> No offense to him or them, but that was a really awkward film. I'm just sorry. So I think the question we'll ask or go over right now is um, what, what makes uh, these creepy Easter eggs so much fun to look for in a video game? Like, Why, why do nerds enjoy Easter eggs?
1: <laughs> okay, well, first of all, uh, I'm going to let you know I'm going to bring you a very fun perspective to this. <laughs> no, I'm being excited. Uh, I'm speaking as someone who is 20 years, no, no, more like 18 years at this point, clean of playing video games because I realized how many hours a day I was spending playing video games instead of doing my homework for school.
0: So basically you're saying you're like every other person in the world, right?
1: No, no, I was trying not to become the person who was staying up three days <laughs> to play video games anymore. And the perspective I'm going to bring is I actually know of a lot of the stuff that you're probably going to bring up. But it was from everyone talking about it and my telling myself I am not going to get another video <laughs> I am not going to get that video game. I am not going to stay up three days in a row playing this, and everyone asking me, "Dude, when's the last time you got some sleep?" <laughs>
0: <laughs> there are so many movie and TV cliches in that paragraph right there that we could go over. That's a whole other issue right there. But <laughs> for for safety of going off on the tangent, we will, you know, we'll try to. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny that's that's actually it's sad but true uh, i will i will admit pokemon go right now is like my my thing mm-hmm. uh, but what the, the other but what i actually find funny and this kind of just going on a segment for a second um it actually got me to go out and do more things being very introverted as i am Sure. Pokemon Go actually got me to go out and actually like say hello to people and be like, oh look, there's living people around me. <laughs> um, so in a weird way, as much as pe- as you know, like what you just said, as much as people say, you know, the, the horrors of video gaming. In a way, I feel like nowadays, some, not all, some are allowing people to actually visit the real world mm-hmm. through the virtual world. um and pokemon go is just one of those things that actually gets me to do more it gets like i've actually now walked more during the week than Mm -hmm. i have before with this game sure so not only am i getting you know exercise i'm getting the sunlight when it is sunny um it's actually allowing me to kind of feel, you know, feel better because, you know, as, the, as people say, when you go out there, you know, sun gets you, your, your mood is boosted. You get out there, your, yes. your, your heart is pumping. So in a weird way, it's kind of a, a double-sided sword because depending on what you're playing can also depend on the, the effects of, you know, of what you do. So I totally get what you say. I definitely, you know, I'm not here to, to be the one who says go play video games. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just, you know, there are just some aspects of this stuff that that make it interesting to discuss because in a way, a lot of these Easter eggs we're going to go over aren't really appropriate to children, but they're there. So, you know... Um, I'll just kind of quickly go down. I think you know, there's there's the elevator ghost from Pokemon X and Y. There's the Hellhound in Red Dead Redemption, and there's the bloodstained Toad from Paper Mario. So really, I think the better question to go over is is why why are these Easter eggs there when these are supposed to be made for like children? Okay,
1: so the first <laughs>
0: one uh, I actually did
1: experience. That was Mario with that murder scene? Yeah. Okay, yes. uh, I remember that and remember thinking my gosh, this is (laughs) Mario and Nintendo? (laughs) I have never seen them cross the line on this.
0: You're like, I could never close my eyes again.
1: (laughs) I I was the person who kept arguing with everyone that that isn't a chalk outline. (laughs) There's there's no way they would do that in a Mario game. (laughs) Of course, I had a brother who always argued on the opposite side of me.
0: Of course, right. Yeah,
1: so he wasn't helping much in that arena. (laughs) But I defended Mario and Nintendo. I mean, as long as I could remember, my brother kept egging it on that... This is only the beginning. You, you <laughs> oh,
0: oh, how right he was. <laughs> um, that you and that you make a good point too. I mean, I you know, and I talk. I've talked about this in other terms, in other podcasts with other guests. It's, I think it's kind of a sign of the times of where they're at. I think at the time when a lot of these games were out, I don't think the. And this is just my opinion. I don't think the developers really assumed people would figure it out that quickly. They sure. probably were doing it just to kind of have some fun, right? You know, they're they're making these games hours and hours. They're like, I'm bored. Let's put these little things in there. What I don't think they realize is how smart people are when it comes to video gaming, mm-hmm. and how quickly you realize, like, oh, people are catching on. So it's I I I hate to say that that's how that's what happens because I feel like that's what does happen, but it's it's a weird. You know, it's a weird. It's kind of like Disney movies with adult jokes, and you watch the Disney movie when you're older, and you're like, "That's just wrong." (laughs) And you don't understand how you never figure that out till now. And now that you do know, you're like, "I'm never watching that again." Like that's just (laughs) disturbing. So it's that type of deal, right? It's kind of like, you know, yes, it's funny. Yeah, I get the humor, but really, like you Do you have that much free time on your hands as like a developer to just like throw in that? Like <laughs> well, actually,
1: as someone who worked in test markets as long as I did, um, I'll tell you it's not really as much they were just bored, as much as it is when you take really creative, high productive people and put them on a project where, they have got to work almost like a machine. Right. They come up with ways to mess with their boss. <laughs> and, yeah, and see what they can get away with.
0: Uh, that's too funny.
1: Uh, it's one of the things that you have to test market for and get audiences to look at and say, I mean, most of the time it started out as just testing for continuity. You know, okay. Did you notice that when he walked in, he had a red shirt that said some number on it and then when he walked out for some reason he had a blue shirt that had letters on it (laughs) how did that happen and the guys didn't even stop to think that two months in between doing those two shoots (laughs) that they forgot to put on the same shirt (laughs) but it later became we need to figure out what the director's trying to get away with we need to figure out what those editors have put in here to make the director look bad. Or just, just see what they could get away with here. You know, stuff like that.
0: That, that is very well put. That is hilarious. It's, I, almost, I almost kind of figured that's what you were going to say. Like I, I kind of always hope that people just did that to mess around with people. But now that just gives me more like, oh, I'm so happy that that's the reason why. <laughs> like, but, but, but I mean, it's true. And it's true. Cause he, like, I will, um, like I'll, I'll watch different series or different whatever. And you don't think about it, but then you watch the episode a few times. You're like, wait a minute. That wasn't there before. Like, did I miss that? The first five times I watched it. And then you're like, wait, what? Like, wait, he's uh-huh. now he has shoes. Like he wasn't wearing shoes and now he's wearing like, <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Yeah. So- um- I will go ahead and
1: tell you the plain and simple truth on what are most of these Easter eggs as people will put it. Okay. You actually look at the quote unquote Easter egg and I'll tell you it is nine times out of 10. That is just a PR campaign where it's kind of like, Oh my gosh, we completely messed up and now we got to turn it into something.
0: Huh? Okay. Because So it all kind of goes back to meaning something. We just don't necessarily know what it is. (laughs) Exactly.
1: Yeah, I mean, you'd be surprised how many times someone will say in this movie, that is leading up to the next whatever it is. And Marvel, Marvel does a great job in this area.
0: For sure, yeah.
1: They make a mistake and they will tell you, yeah but you aren't actually supposed to know what that's supposed to mean or you have no idea what that's leading up to or right. whatever they want to paint it as and then just call it foreshadowing
0: all right that's fair that's a that's a all right that's a really good explanation i like that i definitely your you're, this insight is definitely helping this i i definitely looking at these things in a different way now because There's because I think there's a difference. I think there's the obvious connections, like for instance, uh, like let's bring in Marvel uh, for a movie like Guardians of the Galaxy, that has so many characters in it, and we know those characters are part because from the comic books, right? But then there's the other so-called Easter eggs that are kind of just there. It seems like for the hell of it, but then when you actually think about it, you're like, hmm. Okay, I see what you did there, Marvel, you know. So there's I think there's two different types. There's the obvious ones that they want us to see. And then there's the uh, the ones you talked about that are there but may not be obvious on purpose. They may kind of be subdued to make you think a little bit or maybe make you not think depending on, you know, exactly. The
1: yes, and I've really found over the years of you know, working, and I love when they use the word Easter egg on this, is they would be the company that you know, if you make a mistake, then we just got to figure out within the marketing department how to make that work.
0: All right, and that actually leads well into our next one because I feel like you're going to have a lot of insight on this as well. Um, another aspect that spills today because, of course, I still have – you know, regular cable. Oh, no, what's wrong with me, right? (laughs) Um, So I get to see commercials all the time. And especially now when it's the holiday season, whether it's Hanukkah, Christmas, or just the general, you know, toys. Um, This is the time of year. Actually, I feel like around Halloween is when it starts. The time of year when all of the Uh, you know, nerd stuff comes out, you know, like the commercials for Marvel toys, for DC, for Star Wars, whatever. So I wanted to kind of do a little retrospect on a couple companies and kind of see how things have changed since, since then. So we're going to start with the seventies and eighties up until now. And the first commercial I want to go over that I actually put this on here because I personally haven't seen a lot of them lately. And maybe there's a reason why is the Coca-Cola Company. Oh, um, yes. if, if you guys out there listening, remember, there used to be a crap load of Coca-Cola companies all over the place. There was the polar bears, there was the Santa ones, there was the Coca-Cola commercials with the celebrities in it. Yep. But nowadays, I'm not really seeing a lot of soda, generally speaking. So, I'll pass it to you in a second. I feel like maybe it's kind of a health thing nowadays, like maybe because of the health, you know, like health society, do you think there's a reason why maybe the, the soda companies, and I'm saying soda because we're gonna go to something else in a second, is there a reason why soda may not be as prolific commercial wise as they used to be?
1: Well, let me just go ahead and say for the record, I've never actually worked for Coca-Cola but I have worked for several companies that integrate Coca-Cola into their marketing and their product placements and stuff like that. Okay. And I will tell you, yeah, there is a huge health movement where everyone was basically ganging up against companies like Coca-Cola. Right. And that did make a huge difference, but here's what it also really came down to is I feel like they had to change their marketing approach to where if we're not going to be able to have every other commercial be Coca-Cola, we need to be integrated into everyone else's commercials, Uh, basically buying our products all day long.
0: Okay. That makes sense.
1: And if you go look at a whole bunch of different places, you'll notice how, Almost all of, let's just take restaurants, for example, all the restaurants, if you walk in, you'll see, let's just say Combo 1, this one just happens to have a Coke behind it. Combo 2 has a Sprite behind it. (laughs) Combo 3 has a Diet Coke, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And I think they just figured out that if we don't want everyone to be Complaining, as you put it, that you know you're so unhealthy, they just uh, got to step back and kind of be less in the spotlight.
0: All right, that's fair enough, and I think you know, and and the reason why I wanted to start out with soda specifically because we're going to go into two companies that still to this day are everywhere, even though you would assume health is an issue too. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so with the Coca-Cola ones, you know when. Relating it back to our, our little nerdy thing, because um, it used to, it really was kind of a cartoon type of thing. They had the, the dancing polar bears, they had the stuff, and people were really into it. But, you know, I, I guess because of the new age now, you know, I think the, I saw one Pepsi commercial maybe yesterday. And before that, I don't think I can really remember seeing a drink commercial that's, you know, not, not related to alcohol, just a, a regular drink. Uh-huh. i don't see them anymore like i they, you're, they i know they're there, and you know obviously you go to the market and you know there's a whole entire aisle of of soda, so obviously it's there and they're still working, but yeah. you don't you know for me it was really it was a it was a a nerd thing it was you know oh that that's the, the that's the niche like coca cola you know like they could have easily made a cartoon with their characters, so you know wow. it was it was fun it was funny um in
1: fact, actually, I considered. Coca Cola, to at least their marketing department, was one of the coolest story writers in the entire world for a long time because a lot of their commercials were like mini stories.
0: Yeah, no, they they, they were actually it was fun to watch the whole show. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. Like in thirty seconds, one of my favorite ones when I was a kid was actually a Coca Cola commercial where the parents are about to leave or something, and they're telling the kids and the grandma and everyone, uh, while we're gone, no parties. And then the parents get back, and then they walk in and it's this huge party, and the parents look all upset, and then someone walks out with the birthday cake and all the Coke bottles and says, happy birthday, dad. (laughs) And then the dad starts crying right there, and then you, you you know, it's almost like, oh, so that Coca-Cola
0: moment made a wholesome family moment. (laughs) Leave leave it to Coke to make it. You know, Coke makes everybody happy. That sentence sounds so bad. I know that. I you know it's all my fault. These people really need to change their names. Sometimes, like some of these products just have really unfortunate, you know, connotations. I, I there's yeah. I I'm mean, that's a, that's for the after hours show right there. But wow. all right, so. um yeah, so actually, and that actually brings full circle why I wanted to bring it on a nerd show because these really are little fandoms in their own way, and the next two we're going to blend together. Which again, you would think because of the health crisis in the world, you would think that they would be limiting, but no, they're still they're still there. Uh, Hershey's and Oreo, just to name two of the bigger snack food companies. Um, Okay. Now, we'll start with Oreo really quick because Hershey's actually, I think, has kind of figured out a way to make it not so much about uh, the food and more about, about you know, togetherness. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, or, but Oreo, though, generally, or Oreo, again, like Coca-Cola, is just a really fun thing to watch. There, the, the recent one I saw was, I think it's an elf walks to a counter in a gas station trying to figure out how to, like, eat Oreos. The gas station attendant teaches him how to eat an Oreo, and then he leaves with the elf to go on the sleigh with Santa. I I don't know. Somebody was smoking something, but um, but that being said, you watch it and you're realizing you're you're well, again, like you said, you're watching a little story. Um, uh, now Hershey's has come a long way from being strictly candy to being more about togetherness. The one that sticks out to me, which is kind of weird but kind of cool, is they. They open up a container and there's a bunch of s'more materials in the middle of the street, and it's basically a block party being sponsored by Hershey's, and the entire. I don't know if you've seen that one, but basically, um, it's you know basically getting people to come and you know be together and have s'mores and talk to your neighbors. Um, is what 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 is the difference between that and like say the Coca Cola ones? Like there, there's a there's a big difference, I think, right? Oh yeah.
1: Yes, and actually, you know what? Uh, Again, I'm going to bring a different perspective to this because I have been working in test markets professionally since I was a kid. And I actually used Hershey's and Coca-Cola several times. (laughs) No, I'm serious. I I would actually show someone the difference and say, I want you to watch the Coca-Cola ad and keep in mind this is before the time where we could just pull it up on our phone and show it to them real quickly. Right. You know, I would say I want you to go home. I want you to watch this. They mainly come on Saturday mornings in between those, you know, Saturday morning cartoons. Okay. If you watch the Coca-Cola ad, you'll notice how it just kind of flows from beginning to end and then you also got all of this really good camera work or animation or whatever it ran. Right. And then Hershey's came in and I'll tell you, it didn't matter what the product was, it didn't matter what the message was, as long as there was Hershey's syrup all over <laughs> everyone, and everyone had a smile on their face, man, it is a good product. So- <laughs> So which you know, kind do you want to have in your marketing campaign?
0: Right, exactly. <laughs> that's, I mean, again, that's funny and sad, but it's, it's true. I mean, you know, I like, I'm a chocolate, I love chocolate stuff. So like, you know, anytime I can get my hands on something good, chocolate wise, of course I will. And of course, when you go to the store, or when you think of, you know, like making s'mores, for some reason, and maybe it's really good marketing, Hershey's is the first thing that comes to my mind. Mm-hmm. Why? Because no matter where I go, it's honey-made graham crackers and Hershey's chocolate. Nope. Yep. That's what it was. So even though I can use any chocolate, you know, all it's all the same. For some reason, like, I was talking to my girlfriend, I'm like, let's make some more. And I'm like, I got to get Hershey's chocolate and graham crackers. And she just kind of looked at me funny. And I was like, and, and I knew I was being weird because, you know, like, you can use it, They're all the same. You can use any graham crackers and any chocolate. But it wouldn't feel the right not using those products because Mm -hmm. obviously we've you know I don't and I don't want to use brainwash as a word but I feel like we've gotten so used to them that that's it's part of your reality now like it's it's part of what you do if like let's say it was you know Reese's peanut butter cups that was the thing and that's all you use that's what we would be using because that's what we would be seeing so you know it's it's strange how, how the commercials have changed, but I guess from what from what you're saying, they maybe they really haven't. It's just kind of a new outlook on how they do it. It's it's the same but idea. Actually, no, I, I
1: still completely agree with what you're saying, especially with the health movement. And I'll tell you what Hershey's has done is really, really smart because they know how much people have cut back on that stuff on right. pouring Hershey's syrup on everything. Guilty. <laughs> well, it's now become if you're going to have Hershey syrup, let's say before those special times when we can all have it together. Right. Then you are associating Hershey syrup with your family time, with your having fun with friends time, or whatever right. it is that you are doing. Make sure there's Hershey syrup. So what you're actually doing is you're associating the really happy parts of your life with Hershey Serum. That's very
0: that's very well put. Yeah. That's I I can't agree more. And I guess even though they, they say, you know, TV rocks the mind, but I guess in a weird way, TV or commercials or whatever, I think, have come to realize that they need to do a little better when it comes to what they're doing. And like you said, if they're going to promote something, promote it in a healthier better easier way and not make you feel like if you don't do this then there's something wrong so Very very well put very well put and then finally the last but not least and this really goes into the nerdy geeky stuff Toys R Us which sadly RIP has gone to Toys R Us heaven or hell depending on who you ask Um, um, But funny enough They are going to be popping up in markets to sell, you know, a limited supply of their, of their goods because Hmm. markets seem to be the place to go to buy anything now. I mean, I'm surprised you can't buy a car at the supermarket because you know, everything else is there. Um, so really quickly on that one, the, they used to put a lot of effort into the commercials. They used to have, you know, the mascot, they had all the stuff. Now, Now it's really just focused on the franchises, which, you know, business is business. I get it, whatever. You know, I do social media for a living, so I understand. Um, But, again, back in, you know, when we were younger, um, you watched the commercials. You you enjoyed it. You actually wanted to get a toy. Now I watch the commercial, and I'm like, that looks ridiculous. Like, I'm not going to spend $30 on a machine that makes gum. You know, like, I... I don't get it. And again, maybe just because of the age now, I'm looking at things differently, that could be possible. But you know, what do you think? Is, is it a sign of the times again? Like, because there's no store, nobody cares? Or do you think because of Amazon, that's the new Toys R Us?
1: Yeah, uh, they. first of all, I think Toys R Us was the first company that really did a good job of influencing me On how marketing can really go because they were the ones that taught me how important it is to have a theme song that you can sing in the shower that you want to remember all year long so when your birthday comes you know that is the place to go to spend your money
0: and you realize you never knew what you wanted but you knew where you were gonna get it yes (laughs) like I don't care what the toy is But I know where you got to go. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Now, here's where, and I'm glad you brought this up, uh, because I can go off of this instead of being the person who brought it up. (laughs) uh, This is where I think Amazon really did some danger to the market. They introduced the whole thing of if you will walk into the store, scan the barcode, you can see how you can go shopping anywhere, but we'll ship it to you for less than what it is. Right. Uh, For a lot of kids, that really cool toy that they really, really want, they really got to emotionally attach themselves before they even get there. Okay. Or they got to get into the store and put their hands on it. They got to feel the toy, feel the love of what they could see in the future of them holding and playing with that toy. Right. really get that with an online experience at first. So what they have actually done is Amazon opened the door to where all these other toy stores are now doing the exact same thing. And it basically put Toys R Us out of business because again, why buy anything from this one place when it can be shipped to you in two days for, you know, 20, 30% less.
0: Right. And I mean, you know, I, I that's how you know I do my shopping that way too. I just for for lack of better, it's it's just easier to do. You know, well, you got work to do, you have errands to run. I I personally don't necessarily want to be wandering around a store to to get what I have to get. You know, um, what you know, like for instance, you can get your groceries delivered if you're running short on time. You can you know if you need. Um, you know food if you have to you have to get dinner but you can't leave the house because you're doing work or you know it's whatever it's helpful and I do I do agree I mean I live off of it you know whether or not that's good or not it's a different topic but um, you know it's it's the sign of the times again and I think we'll see going through these topics is that things things do what they do for a reason and whether Mm -hmm. we like it or not you know I, I'm, I'm okay with it, you know. Yes, do I do I feel it's kind of weird that one company is kind of running the world? It's a little weird, but am I happy that I can get my stuff, you know, done within two hours? Hell yeah! Like bring it on! <laughs> I am fine with that. Um, so it, it's, now, it it is what it is. With that said, real quickly, I will say though,
1: in reality, the times have not changed because at the core of things of what Toys R Us market really comes down to is kids watching TV shows, movies, and whatever other entertainment they want. And those are the things that are essentially marketing. Wouldn't you like to buy our card? Wouldn't you like to buy our action figure? Wouldn't you like to buy our stuffed animal? And so on and so on and so forth to where nowadays i mean you can either go down to let's just say your local walmart and go pick it up real quickly or you can just go to amazon and have it shipped to you in two days but no matter what it is the companies who were really control of you know what we used to know as toys r us are really still the big people in charge so all
0: right that's fair assessment i mean you know the things might might die off, but their their sole purpose is always there. If that makes weird sense, but you know, um, you know, you're right. They may they may be gone, but you know, they're still doing their thing. And like I said, you know, Toys R Us is going to be going into markets like Ralphs and Bonds. So you know, you shut down, and then you kind of come back to life a little bit. So I don't think you ever. It's like Marvel. You never really die. You just kind of like fade off for a little while and take a break, and then you come back. You know, yep. I had to throw that in there. That was just, you know, um, <laughs> you know, I, I couldn't help myself. Um, all right, cool. So continuing this um, throwback to some nerdy stuff, we're going to go from toys to theme parks. And okay. I know plenty of you will probably find my next statement kind of weird, but I really can care less if I ever go back to D- Disneyland again, personally, just me not a big fan of crowds, but, but more importantly, I think I've done Disneyland more than enough. I've done what I needed to see. I'm good. Um, yeah, just me. But we're going to talk about five uh, attractions that are no longer there or may have been revamped. Because, again, side of the times. Um, first one up is my – this is actually the one thing I really loved about it. and It wasn't really a ride, but I loved it anyway. The People Mover. Probably the best thing of Disneyland there. I loved it. You you were driven around in the little train, mm-hmm. and you could see everything in the park. Yeah. You know, it just it took you to all the sections. And, I, and if I remember right, you can get off at each land. I don't know, but you basically you can, you saw Tomorrowland, and then you got flown over uh, Frontierland, and then Adventureland. You got to see it all. So, yeah. you know what what does something like that? Why why do you think it was such a popular thing, the people mover, because it wasn't a ride. It was, but it was fun.
1: It was more like, let me give you the, you know, whatever, 10, 12 minute tour and really get you excited about where it is you're going to be spending the next few days. Yeah. Is, is going to catch your attention.
0: Yeah. And, 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 you know, and as, as much as I said, you know, I don't want to go about Disneyland Disney, you know, that was something they did. Well, they, they, uh, they, did, they wanted to make it, they literally wanted to make it fun for kids and adults. And this was a good adult thing, you know, this no. was like, you guys want to take a break for a minute, sit down, you know, listen to the guy on the radio do his spiel for the 5,000th time, um, you know, and he's going to tell you about the different places, you know, Tomorrowland, this is where, you know, now, well, now it's Star Wars land, but whatever, uh, you know, Star Tours was here. Uh, this is Adventureland. We have, um, you know, Jungle Cruise. So... That, to me, epitomizes a theme park better than anything. Now, anybody I talk to goes, uh, roller coaster, got to be a roller coaster. I'm like, I can't stand your roller coaster. Those things just make me dizzy. Like, I, you know, I can't do that. So, people mover, that was my jam. Cool. Um, yeah, so number two, and I know the ride is still there, but it's now like the Finding Nemo ride, which again, nothing against Nemo, but I'm an originalist. Mm-hmm. The submarine voyage, the original submarine voyage, mm-hmm. where you went yes. under a fake submarine. There was fake fish. I think there were some real fish. And then there was that weird sea serpent and the mermaid. That was the shit. That was cool. Uh, what, did you, uh, do you remember that one? I was,
1: hold on. Before you say anything else, it's been about 10 years since I had been to any of the Disney parks. <laughs> I didn't know that one was gone.
0: Yeah. So, oh, well, so uh, spoiler alert, my ball.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: So, yeah, so what, it, I think what it is now is they turn it into Finding Nemo. So they put the Finding Nemo characters in there. Okay. And it's the same ride, but it's basically taking you through the, the movie instead. Okay. You know, which is great. I mean, oh. Finding Nemo was a great movie. I had no problem with it, but I, you know, it's an original. It's like one of the, the- rides So again, not really a ride ride, but there was something fun about it, right?
1: Yes, yes, and this kind of goes back to what I was kind of just explaining, is that this really comes down to we are making sure that kids want to enjoy those characters so they'll buy our stuffed animals and action figures and stuff like that. So it became a gigantic promotional tool for Nemo.
0: Oh, of course. No, I, I, yeah, that that's definitely uh, obvious for that one. Uh, and, and it, I, I had no idea that it actually happened.
1: So. I,
0: I believe it happened. Actually, at this point, it's probably been a while since it did happen. But with all of the updates they've made, you know, who knows what what they're. You know what I mean? Like they've changed so much that you know, it's it's eh, it's a little weird. Um, okay. I hate
1: so, to say it like this, but they probably had a bunch of people just fill out some surveys one day and ask them point blank, which one of these did you enjoy the most and why? And 10 to 1, something like, you know, the submarine voyage actually scored really low and they said, let's figure out how we can fix that. Yeah. So,
0: uh, yeah, no, that's, that, that's well put because, you know, it, you know, it's unfortunate, but hey, it is what it is. Isn't it?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, okay, so uh, on to number three, and this one is no longer there as far as I know. Um, and I don't, it might still be like a Disney World, but the Skyway, which was kind of similar to the People Mover, but it was basically one of those kind of like they have a Big Bear where they, they take you up and down these uh, kind of zip line things, but you're in a seat. Yeah. And, and they take you around the park again. And again, it pro- like you said, it probably was taken down because, you know, it, it probably wasn't exciting. And I don't I, think it was supposed to be exciting.
1: I, I actually know the story of that one.
0: Oh, you do? Yes.
1: Um, okay, please share. Uh, it's not that it was not exciting. It was that they had too many kids getting in there and screaming to death because once they looked down, they're sitting Oh, there, oh my gosh. Where are you taking me? What are you doing to me? I did not ask to go on this. And then they would get letters from not only parents, but professionals sitting here talking about, you know, my kid is having some fears of uh, heights since this kind of stuff. So they got rid of quite a few things where it takes a kid way up into the air and could, you know, have some long-term effects.
0: Okay, I will say just from the general standpoint of, you know, common sense, that is a fair reason to take something down. (laughs) Um, Yes. I don't really think I have any advice with that whatsoever. (laughs) Uh, You know, nowadays, I would bet if they put it up, it probably may not be as big of an issue now, but... Maybe. If that was the case, and if that was the reasoning behind it, then... That's that's fine. You know, I, I I don't think you want to have a theme park with with millions of screaming children going, oh, my God, I'm going to die. Like, you know, <laughs> and, and you want to promote Disneyland. Like, that's that's the opposite. So yeah.
1: I, I remember when someone told me that and, you know, it's kind of like, OK, this is uh, we were actually asking them to go to a place in Dallas where it was a building that the whole building is like that. And they were telling me about their experience with this at the Disney park, and apparently the whole thing is being deconstructed now.
0: Oh, okay.
1: So, yeah, I could kind of see writing on the wall with that one.
0: Hey, you know, like I said, that's one of the only that's one of the few stories behind something where I am totally understanding about it. Like, I, you know. Uh, (laughs) I I, I have nothing else to say. You know, that's that's perfect sense right there. Um, Okay, so moving on to the next one. And this one, I think, was moved to Disney World, as far as I know. It was a – and Universe Studios has a bunch of these now, too. It was the Honey, I Shrunk the Audience, which was a motion-sense, I guess, ride that basically – you feel, you move, you see things on the screen, and you basically live the movie, right? Yeah, so that's yeah. a pretty cool idea. I, I did the Minions one at Universal, which was kind of painful for my neck because the seats were like wobble blah, blah. That was It was fun, but I was like, okay, now i got to go home and take some Advil. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I knew what I was getting into, so what, what are you going to do? Um, okay, so Honey, I Shrugged the Audience. So for those who don't remember, Honey, I Shared the Kids was the, the two uh, two movies in the franchise followed by the very poorly done TV show. We're not gonna to touch that right now. Um, so again, it pro- again, maybe because it wasn't a, a thrilling ride, it was taken out, but I'm surprised because this, this is something that people like, people like VR. So what do you think the deal was behind this, this decision?
1: Uh, well, first of all, let me go ahead and state, I, I was a huge fan of that attraction.
0: Okay,
1: yep. I went there as a kid when they first opened it, and we were supposed to spend a whole day in the entire Disney park, uh, you know, as a whole, and we spent half a day in the Honey I Shrunk the Kids attraction.
0: <laughs> so, I bet your parents were thrilled.
1: <laughs> actually, you know what? My mom was okay with that because she finally got to sit down. Um, <laughs> And my dad was loving all of the cool stuff, like getting to go up and down the, like the leaves and the pile of dirt where in and out of, uh, I think it was, you got to go around a gigantic Crayola can and then go down a slide of a leaf and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I remember.
1: You know, and they had the, uh, I want to say it was kind of like, if you remember camera film back then it was like a 35 millimeter thing of film
0: (laughs) oh we're going way back aren't we i'm just kidding
1: (laughs) well you know you got to go into the film and then slide down and stuff like that i mean we spent half the day just running around this place experiencing the movie that we all enjoyed so much yeah pretend like we were the actual actors in it right and unfortunately, a few years ago, someone told me that they were going to deconstruct that and I kept saying I was going to make time to go back out there and go see it again and I never made it out before they took it down. But um, in a nutshell, though, they made about, I want to say, 20 to $30 million of purchases and promised some of those companies like Marvel and Star Wars, et cetera, that ah. we take areas and dedicate it in our park to just your characters. And I don't know who it is that came in, you know, and took over that attraction and they had to put it up and make it into, you know, a new Marvel thing or Star Wars or Frozen or whoever it was. Right. But that was kind of like, can't you, you guys own this much land.
0: Right Right next door. Well, what's even funnier now is now they're like, now we're going to make a Marvel park. And I'm like, so you spent all this money in Disneyland, now you're going to move it all to somewhere else. Like, what the hell? Like, (laughs) why? Like, you just waited and just put everything over there, and then you could keep the good stuff in Disneyland. Like,. But you're right. I mean, that, that actually makes sense. It's, it's, you don't think, you know, when, like, cause I, you know, I was reading, an, I, I got this idea from something I saw online. I was reading these articles and I was like looking through it. And I'm like, where did all these things go? And I don't think about it. And then you're like, oh, wait a minute. There's new stuff. Like, you know, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids is from the 90s. Marvel is now. Like, you know, there's a there's a difference. Like, nobody cares about Honey, I Shrunk the Kids as much as they do about Marvel now. Like, it's, you know, so. I get it. It's just it's unfortunate because you you think like you said you wanted to go back and see it one more time. It's like you you remember it, but then you're like you're like why? And then you're like oh now I know why. Like <laughs> sure. So yeah. Okay. Oh sorry. Go on.
1: Here's what they haven't done with Honey I Shrunk the Kids movie that they are and have done really well. If you look at companies like Disney, for example. If you look at what it is that you watched as a kid and really enjoyed, which I'm sure one of them was Honey, I Shrunk the Kids.
0: Oh, definitely. I still watch that now, it's a great movie.
1: Okay, well, if you take whatever that time period is that you really enjoyed it, add about 25 years to that, and then all of a sudden it makes this huge comeback and it's supposed to be the greatest thing since sliced bread because (laughs) in reality, you enjoyed it so much when you were a kid. When they do the reboot and you have your kids, that is right. the thing you want to introduce them to. And I don't see that happening now with Honey, I Shrunk the Kids.
0: It's, they- yeah, it's, um, that's a sad thought. I mean, it's actually funny because I, I have uh, one of the movie channels and I was, I was flipping through and it was on the other day and I was watching it for a little while. I think it was like in the middle of the movie when he finds the ant. And he's like making friends with the ants and all that stuff. Yeah. It was, it's classic. Like, it's fun to watch. But then, like, I, you know, I turned it off and I was, I was taking a shower and I was like, you know, this would not fly at all today. Like, nobody would care, you know, because it's so bad, but it's good, you know? So, <laughs> it's like the graphics were horrible. The, the acting was 90s. That's just what I call it. It's just It's its own brand of acting in the 90s. Um, <laughs> And, it, you know, and, like, the people in it, like, Rick Moranis is great. Like, he's hilarious. But it's just, like, you look at it, you're like, oh, I remember watching this. You're like, but this would suck if this was in the theater today. Like, nobody would go spend money to watch this again. Like, this – it was – so, it, it I get you. It's it, – you know, and who knows? Maybe they'll, re, you know, re-release it and they'll do whatever. Because they reboot everything, right? You know, so, like, yeah. who knows, maybe they'll reboot it and we'll have, like, a brand new version. Um, I actually hope not because – Every time you reboot something, it doesn't turn out well, usually. Um, Just saying.
1: (laughs) What that's going to come down to, and kind of my point behind the whole thing, is if they reboot it, it might not be the end of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids themes and attractions and stuff like that. But if they don't reboot it, that park attraction is probably gone forever. So...
0: Uh, and with that wonderful thought, we turn to another one that is gone forever. <laughs> like my little segue there. Um, actually, I didn't know this was there. I thought Big Thunder Aurora Road was, was there the entire time. But apparently, before it was a roller coaster, it was the mine train through nature's wonderland. Because apparently Disney thought that we needed to learn about nature at Disneyland. Because... Talking mice and ducks with no pants, that's, mm-hmm. that's nature, right?
1: Absolutely.
0: Uh, absolutely. So I looked, in, you know, I looked into it, and it basically looked like the same format. It was basically a roller coaster thing, but instead of having, you know, weird little things, it was, you know, it looked like the Grand Canyon in Yosemite. So I'm going to say that this is one I'm okay with them taking off, just for the fact that I don't think people would really understand What do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, really, I think, especially, and I don't know if you know this, but actually, I'm sure if you've seen the commercials for Disney Plus nowadays, you know that Disney owns National Geographic. Correct, yeah. So you would think, actually, they would be more in tune with wanting to do that more and more often, instead of just being a
0: roller coaster. I mean, that's, that's a valid point, too. I didn't think about that, but that's a valid point. I mean... I, it's kind of like, you know, your chemistry teacher teaching you music. Like, <laughs> you don't know if it will work, but maybe the guy knows something about music. So, you know, but yeah, I get your point. I don't, I mean, do you think there's a, something behind it or?
1: Who knows? Maybe they might actually get planning for, you know, the new park that's going to be just about uh, National Geographic's kind of stuff and they're moving it something over there of course it's been way too long since they shut that down so it probably would have happened by now i'm sure yeah yeah i mean then unfortunately i'm just gonna have to go with you know my original statement is they probably did some sort of survey one day and found out that that was one of the ones that people were kind of like we stood in line for three hours for this and nowadays, they can say, "While you're standing in line, how about you go ahead and just watch Disney Plus and get educated about that stuff?"
0: <laughs> there you go. That's that's a safe that's a safe statement right there. That's I'm okay with that. I mean, I don't know. Are we really okay with any of this? No, but you know, for the time being, that's that's fine. We'll <laughs> we'll take it. Um, okay. Cool. Well. I that was okay. I I was a blast. Um, I hope you had so much fun talking to me about this today. Oh, I did Uh, I will make sure when I have you on again, we will uh, reminisce some more and do some more throwbacks Uh, I just did one with somebody else the other day about the return to Pooh Corner, which Had all the feels in it because I totally forgot about that weird Winnie the Pooh puppet Um, (laughs) But um, All right, so before we sign off, I'm going to uh, give you a second. Uh, Do you guys have an episode coming up on your end?
1: Uh, The main thing that we are getting ready for and will be launching in 2020, we have officially finished the very first project where we have helped a kid go from making a character into a story, into a comic book, And what we're going to spend the next year doing and spend a good portion of 2020 promoting is we're going to actually launch a game that's kind of like Pokemon. And all the characters and cards are going to be made by the kids that we're working with and their parents or their mentors, which are our teachers who get to create their own character in exchange for volunteering.
0: Awesome. Very cool. I will definitely uh, keep an eye out for that and uh, I will have you come and uh, talk about that when you get closer to, uh, to the next year, which is so close, by the way. I to you. know Holy crap. Um, be really close now. Oh my God. Um, all right. Well, that's awesome. That's really cool. Um, so quick for mine, uh, every Monday I put out two episodes from my podcast. Uh, so today I'm going to put out two more. Uh, who knows what they're going to be about? It could be weird. Actually, it will be weird because that's just, <laughs> you know that being a nerd is being weird that's how it goes uh, all right so we will have Paul back on soon I'm sure uh, Absolutely. And until next time I will sign off with my regular slogan that you guys all know and that is stay nerdy
1: all righty and I will see you later